When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo, AJ, Jesse coming at you live on the Avalanche off day in round one. Uh, we'll get into all of the round one action throughout the show. Talk about uh, the fun series, the not so fun series, uh, where where things kind of stand. But first, we do have some news of the day to get to. First of all, uh, Jesse, I know you were in on the Jared Bednar show today. Uh, Alex Newhook conversation, and, and as well as other things. What uh, what stood out to you? Yeah, so first and foremost, <clears throat> kind of guess the one news thing, uh, maintaining Andrew Cogliano day-to-day. They're going to kind of just take it one day at a time, see how he's feeling. Um, he didn't outright say this, but this is one of those things where I don't expect Andrew Cogliano to play tomorrow uh, as well as he played yesterday. You know, score the shorthanded goal. Why would you? You've got <clears throat> three forwards sitting in the press box. Give Cogliano the night off. Uh, let him, you know, let him rest up, feel better. Uh, so he did still say he's day to day. But someone asked uh, Jared, uh, Jared Bednar last night uh, in media availability just what kind of went into the new hook thing, and he he kind of brushed over it. And Rudo, I mentioned on the pod last night, it's not a great setting to bring it up. So I wanted to ask him today, and and, and I asked him. I said, look, <clears throat> I know you've said that you guys are going to need everybody. That, that entire bottom six, there's a good chance that almost all of those guys are rotated in and out. But can you just kind of walk us through the thought process of, of why Alex Newhook? And what I thought was so interesting about the answer was that Jared Bednar, and, and I'm paraphrasing a bit here, um, essentially said that he doesn't necessarily look at his forward group as a group of 12 but more of, I have guys who are competing for jobs on the top line. And I have guys who are competing for jobs on the second line, third line, fourth line. And they aren't all necessarily competing with each other. So he, he said, he goes, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that look at this and say, Alex Newhook played all season. He was great. Now, why is he getting this scratch? Why wouldn't you just move him down to the fourth line if you're really wanting Abe Kubel there on that third line? And he basically said, because Alex Newhook isn't a fourth line player. He doesn't do what we want our fourth liners to do. <clears throat> he said they do stuff that Alex Newhook, you know, doesn't really do in the same way that he does stuff that some of the fourth liners can't do. Uh, so it, it was an interesting answer to me because I think that is something that we've talked about where, oh, you know, the bottom six, we've kind of lumped them all together. But what Jared Bednar was saying was like, Alex Newhook is right now a part of our, our third line and kind of like the fill-in on that second line. Those are the guys he's competing for jobs with, not Andrew Cogliano, not Darren Helm. Uh, you know, so we pulled him out of the lineup. He said that he saw some stuff, I think specifically out of Abe Kubel, that he liked a little bit better for this matchup uh, last night. But again, he did... He did re- right, which is exactly what you had said uh, yesterday when we were at morning skate, uh, AJ. And and he again he reiterated Alex is going to get his shot in the lineup, but in the weeks leading up for that third line, there was just some some other guys that we liked what they did better for what we were looking for out of that line last night. I just thought the perspective of you have guys competing on each line that aren't necessarily competing across lines. I just thought that was a really interesting philosophy. And 
help make a little bit more sense of, of the, the new hook scratch yesterday, which honestly I was surprised by. Okay. Uh, still a little bit weird to me, I think, but yeah. it, you know, getting an explanation, there is some sense to it. I, 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 you know, I'm sure again, as everyone has said at this point, Newhook will get games in these playoffs, as as yeah. will Logan O'Connor and and Neon. Well, and, and, so. and I, yeah, I appreci- Logan O'Connor probably will get in tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and like I I appreciated <clears throat> him elaborating on it because especially at this time of year, it'd have been really easy for him to be like, look, you know, we've said everyone's gonna get in. Last night it was Newhook's night to sit out. You know, like he, he could have very easily just brushed it off, but I appreciated him giving that little bit of insight. That again, the way he explained it. To your point, Rudo, I, I don't know. That still wasn't something that I had penciled in, but it helps at least make a little bit more sense of the situation. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a angle of, of where that is coming from. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, AJ did a video breakdown, uh, film room. Go look at that if you're a DNVR Avalanche member or a member of the website. If you're not, you can go sign up right now to go look at all of our ridiculous amounts of content that we're posting for the playoffs, which it's a lot. Highly recommend you go check all of that out. Uh, AJ, we were talking about it just before the show. Uh, you pointed out the number one thing for you was the uh, the aggressive blue line of defense for Nashville. So I am curious what your thoughts are on uh, on potential adjustments in the series. Yeah, um, coming into the series, uh, I put it in my series preview that went up yesterday morning before uh, we got started. But um, the uh, uh, Nashville and Colorado were both two teams that really like to like hard defend zone entries. They prefer to stop the offense before it gets into the zone. Um, I. I was curious how that was going to go against Colorado, um, a team that likes to play in transition, a team that likes to play with as much speed uh, as the Avs do. And last night it went very, very poorly. Um, You saw, I think, three of their goals came with multiple of their defenders trying to hold the blue line and the Avs just dipping around them. I mean, like Josh Manson walked around a couple of guys from the neutral zone because they were trying to aggressively defend the blue line. And that's the downside is that, <clears throat> is that if you, if you try and stand them up you try and deny right like that, you're going to be flat footed and the abs are going to get behind you. And that's going to create odd man rushes and high danger scoring chances. It's exactly what happened in the abs cashed in multiple chances. I mean, the, the Devon Taves goal is a perfect example of it because they were defending the they were defending at the blue line and Brantanen just chips the puck past their defense and Devon Taves goes and gets it. Nobody back there. Yep. Yeah. And he just walks in with a good angle. It's a great shot, but it's just like if they don't if they don't slow you up in the neutral zone and defend that blue line effectively. This is the downside of that strategy. It uh, for me, it's just how punishing the Avs are with their consistency of a defenseman jumping up into the play, and it's just that extra body coming through the blue line that I don't think Nashville was prepared for at all in in jumping into this series. Where Which, how how is that possible? So uh, yeah, uh, that, so I don't just... understand, but. <laughs> I was just about to bring, are you guys still hearing an echo from yeah, me, no, by the it's, way? It's better now. Okay. All right. I'll say, cause I, I was hearing one from everyone and I was like, Oh, it must just be, you know, quirky thing on the back end. But so I'm um, glad, glad it's better. Agent that right there is exactly my thing. Cause like we've seen not just Nashville last night, but we've seen teams do this against the abs all year. Really, really aggressive puck pursuit. And it's gone well, maybe once. Like of all the teams that tried it this year, like that really aggressive activating jumping up. Uh, I can't remember who it was just about a month ago. I mean, they were sending like two and a half, four checkers deep into the, into the ab zone below the dots. And then Nashville last night, like you said, 
jumping up at their own blue line like that. I, I just, I was, I was going to ask the question until you just said it. What film were they looking at? Well, seriously, because like, this is, this is really not that dissimilar from what Pete DeBoer and the teal picket fence from that shark series. Right. Like it's, this is like a tried and true. This is how NHL coaches regularly try and stop aggressive teams in transition and, and you know, like this is like fine, but first of all, Nashville doesn't have the personnel to do that. They don't have, they don't have the kind of defenders that, that can hang with Colorado uh, with the, with their speed and skill. And it's just, it's a really weird decision. uh, And I'll be curious I'll be curious to see what this looks like tomorrow uh, because I think that they're going to try and put a lot more pressure on the puck itself to force them to give it up uh, versus letting that guy kind of do what he wants in the neutral zone and then trying to react from there. It, uh, no offense to Josh Manson, full offense to the Nashville Predators. When Josh Manson is Dude. casually walking through your offensive zone, You've got a problem. <laughs> there, there was, there was in the third period last night. There was a point where I even said to Dmac sitting next to me, I said, "When Josh Manson is styling on you, you need to get this game over with." Yep. <laughs> it, uh, it got a little bit ugly. Oh, um, like, and I say that, but like, first of all, uh, I took a lot of, I, I took a lot of heat at the end of the year from uh, some people because I was like, I think Josh Manson has fit great. In Colorado, yeah, fantastic. And I think I think he was awesome last night. He did not get an assist on the Lekkinen goal, but that goal starts with Josh Manson outweighting a forechecker, making a quality play with the puck up the wall, and then like Landeskog and Kadri make like they make the plays from there. And then again, I don't know how you let Arturi Lekkinen literally <laughs> skate in a straight line and somehow end up behind everybody. But, okay, but, like, that play starts with good work from Josh Manson getting out of the zone, getting out of their own zone uh, with, with a little bit of pressure. It wasn't like they were, like, smothering him or whatever, but... I'm I'm telling you, like this this Gerard Manson thing is going to be a huge part of however this goes for Colorado. Last it. night it obviously looked fantastic. That's the high that's the high mark. But there's, you know, the, there will be tough nights. This yeah. Uh, yeah, sums those. up the Predators defense. <laughs> Dude, I think, this one just well. <laughs> killed me. I, I I was laughing so hard I watched that on like a. Like 10 different <laughs> loops last night cracked me up. Because seriously, that, that was honestly how it looked. That first period, like everyone moving at that speed too, like not all that inaccurate. Like you said, Arturi Lekkinen skated straight through to a breakaway. Just skated in a straight line and the guy <laughs> did things with a puck and you're just like, what? The like, how do you let that happen? Like Kadri doesn't even like make a very good play. He just kind of like pushes it to open ice, and there's yeah, nobody around. <laughs> like he he sees it at the blue line. All right, I've got it. I've got a guy on me. I just need to put this in space because my guy is flying through center ice, and their guy is literally standing still. It was just you could just see uh, you could just see like. It, that wasn't the first. That wasn't the last case uh, where where things like that happened last night. But just the way that Colorado, uh, I think, if you were trying to draw a positive from Nashville side last night, Connor Ingram was it. And then, and that comes with a caveat, especially when your starting goaltender was 14th on your team in ice time. That's never a good sign. Uh, I do. I do think that. The rest of that, though, I you need major adjustments, and this whole like we're just gonna we're just gonna pound on them and we're gonna beat them up and we're gonna slow them down. Colorado's depth last night kicked the holy shit out of Nashville. So, <clears throat> AJ, I, I was talking to someone last night about St. Louis, Minnesota game one, and I I I was telling them I was like Minnesota 
excuse me, St. Louis looked like a team that prepared, showed up to the rink with a game plan, executed, and knew exactly what they wanted to limit from Minnesota and knew exactly where they wanted to expose them. And Minnesota looked like they showed up and said, we're going to go out there, skate as fast as we can, run into everybody, and shoot as hard as you possibly can shoot. That was kind of what last night looked like to me as well. And you kind of just hit the nail on the head there where Nashville it really did to me like, and, and and I'm sure they didn't do this. And this is probably just a little bit of an oversimplification. But like it looked like they in the locker room, like, Hey guys, no need to do the film. We're just going to go out there and skate trap in the neutral zone and bang bodies. And we're going to get our chances. Once we play physical, we'll get them off their game. Like they Nashville really for the first half of that game didn't look like they had a game plan put together that they were trying to execute. They really just looked like they were out there hoping for the best. And the abs looked prepared. Not only did they just look superior in pretty much every part of the ice, they looked prepared. They looked like they knew what they were expecting Nashville to do and you know, how they were expecting Nashville to play them, uh, what they were expecting out of Nashville's offense and just shut it down at every turn. And it's going to be really interesting because I, I don't know if Nashville can, can make any adjustment. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I, I just don't know if they can. You're you're, it was weird that, that there was a lot of, um, I was curious how things were from Nashville's point of view. Uh, and there was a lot of like, well, if you forget the first period, it was a two, two game. And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, but you know, the final shot tally was 45 to 25 in in the third period. The abs outshot them 17 to eight. Like, (laughs) like are like, where, where are you drawing on? And, And look tomorrow, Nashville, Nashville is going to play significantly better. Of course. They're going to look like a team that belongs in the playoffs. They're gonna look like a. They're gonna look like a coherent team. They're gonna. Ha- they're gonna have a pushback. That I say. I say this all the time. But game one is where all the weird stuff happens. Yeah. So it is a uh, predictable weird stuff sometimes. Uh, I, yeah. I was like, say, don't don't you think just a little bit though that because I agree with you. Like you know, game one is where you see a lot of that stuff, but that seemed like a little bit of an overwhelming moment for the Preds. And, and, and I think tomorrow will be even more interesting because you have those moments within playoff series every now and then where you can just tell that a team is kind of defeated. <clears throat> that had to be a little bit of a wake up call for Nashville though. Like, Hey, you know, they talked about it in their morning availability. Oh, no one's giving us a chance, blah, blah, blah. Well, you kind of saw last night why no one's giving you a chance. Right. Again, All they're, this they're talk gonna... about bulletin board material. It's like, okay, right. did you guys forget the bulletin board in Nashville? Right. Like, Shit. what? We forgot to load it up on the plane it's, before we I, left. Uh, the one thing I will say there, in a hockey game where they get a few saves to start off from Riddich or Ingram, whoever they decide to start in game two, which is mm-hmm. a real question, I think, uh, in a game where they get a few saves, I think they'll get a little bit more comfortable because it was yeah. just a barrage. Here, here, like, yeah, absolutely. But like, yeah, yes, in a world where different things happened, a different scenario would have existed. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, no, no. But, but, but like of those first four, at least the, the, the fifth one, the artery Lekanen one, you know, you get beat five hole. I, I think that's a, a nice shot, you know, kind of postures like he's going to make a move and then just snaps it on. But, of those first four, yeah, they're great shots. And w- which one of those are you like? Oh, David Riddick my, has to have. My that. thing is like the third, they, the shorthanded if they, goal. If they get a few saves, I think they're competitive. I'm not saying they're going to be winning. Yeah, the- yeah. I, 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 I mean, two nothing. You're obviously still in the hockey game, like, yeah. and it changes the complexion of it totally. And I think that that's where, that's where, like, okay, series on at that point. But, so so and even going back to the third one, I, I I disagree. He made the first save. Brutal yeah, turnover. Sent himself to Narnia, though. 15 feet in front of the net. Oh, like Matias Ekholm was yeah, totally brutally bad last night. I right. thought he might have been their worst player. And like Matias Ekholm can't be their one of their worst players. Right. 
and, and Roman, and- Roman Yossi can't be a no-show, and I don't think he will be for the rest of the series. But for one game anyway, uh, Kale McCarr just stuffed the Norris in the, into his locker. Like, he was like, no. <laughs> like, it's a good thing that those that those votes were due two days ago. Yeah, right. a lot of people voted Roman Yossi won and went, oh, boy. <laughs> sure hope this changes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery. They're your hometown craft beer of the Colorado Avalanche, and they're celebrating this historic season by giving away two playoff tickets to every Avalanche playoff home game. If you want to go to an Avs home game in the playoffs, Breck Brew is your place to go. Nominate a stellar community member and Avs fan who should get the chance to celebrate a playoff game this season. Each home game, we'll hook up a fan and a friend with tickets, gear to match, and of course, the drink of the season, an Avalanche Amber Ale. Breckenridge Brewery will also donate a portion of all proceeds of sales of Avalanche Ale through the playoffs to the community fund Boulder County to benefit the Marshall Fire victims. You can visit breckbrew.com to nominate a community star and send them to an Avs playoff game get over there go get yourself some breck brew go get yourself some as playoff tickets they're dope go get the new shirt we got with howler on it it's dope everything is dope from breck brew they're absolutely awesome all the way around there you go there's the the howler shirt with the avalanche amber ale on it absolutely amazing stuff I tried to get there. one last night and they're not in stock yet but the minute they drop get my Yoink. grimy little mitts on one yep yeah, if you're if you're online, you can pre-order. Like you can uh, you can get them in before everybody else can get their hands on them. So jump on that, go get that. Also for round one, if you are local here in Denver, Avaca TV has the first round of the playoffs for you. You can watch Altitude and watch the Avs do things like beat Nashville seven to two. So go jump on that. They also have national channels. So when hockey's on ABC, you can watch it there. Of course, you can watch Nuggets when they're back. You can watch Broncos on the national channels. You can watch the Rockies on Rocky Mountain Sports Network. I guess AT&T Sports Network now. Uh, Go jump on it. Get in all of that. Watch all your sports through Avaca TV. Just 15 bucks a month for the first three months. So jump on it. Be sure to go to avaca.tv slash DNVR. Let them know we sent you over there. It it's cheaper than DirecTV or cheaper than Comcast. It actually has things like altitude. You just hook it up right to your TV. You don't have to get computers involved or anything like that. So super easy, super dope. Go check out Avaca TV today. Uh, also a great time to sign up for our DNVR YouTube. Like and subscribe, do all that good stuff. Uh, likes help us get into the algorithm. It sends it to new people. We get new Avs fans in here watching, and it's one big party every time the Avs win in the playoffs. So jump on all of that. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Avs game was super fun last night. Don't think anyone's denying that one. Not even close to the best hockey game of the night. Rudo, I have uh, uh, recently I have been going through some retail therapy. Oh baby. And I've been uh I've been buying up some things here and there. One of the things one of the things that I bought, I bought some bees. Like flying around yeah. bees? Yeah. So I bought a dozen bees, but when they showed up, I had 13 of them. And I was like, "Hey guy, I got 12 bees. Why do I have 13?" You know what this guy said to me? What did he say? He said, "It's a freebie." <laughs> got him. All right. I was sitting there. I was like, did this motherfucker really buy a dozen honeybees? <laughs> I was like, I don't know if you're at all equipped to handle those. Like, I feel like uh, bee care maintenance. Thought for sure that was a manscaped read. I did too. And then, and then when he said, do you know what he said to me? I was like, uh-oh, is this manscaped? Yeah. <laughs> uh Okay. It's a day off, man. Uh, the New York Rangers-Pittsburgh game went to triple overtime last night. Pittsburgh wins it despite losing Casey to Smith. Uh, <laughs> did uh, Shesterkin got to 79 saves total, correct? That was the final tally? Somehow, somehow only the second most 
saves in an NHL debut in history. Ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but the only game of, of game ones to go to the overtime there was the, the uh, it, what do you do if you're New York in that series? Because Shesterkin gave you every opportunity to win that game and you just didn't. Well, the, it should also be mentioned that they got run out of the building and would have been mopped up well before overtime if it wasn't for Igor Shesterkin. The thing is, I think people expected that. They know the Rangers aren't very good besides Shesterkin, but mm-hmm. damn. But, I'm, but, I'm, but I mean, like, honestly, that wasn't like – the fact that they even got that far, they should be grateful for. Like, they should have lost that game 5-1. to one. <laughs> okay fair enough uh it's it's been a little bit of an upside down situation here at least as far as our predictions are concerned for some of these game ones uh i think yeah, i mean this is, why, there, this is but... why you don't pick sweeps is because I... after game one you're just like yeah we'll see how it goes <laughs> all my sweeps are still alive so i don't know what you're talking about mine died immediately with the edmonton <laughs> one <laughs> Megan said, Megan was telling me last night that up until the Avs game, every one of her series winners lost game one. I was like, ooh, <laughs> rough start. <laughs> Can't win them all. All right. right. Uh, yeah. Well, so maybe the most surprising ones, like we talked about the Avs already. Uh, the Edmonton game, they end up dropping game one to LA because Mike Smith has a gigantic target behind him that he doesn't know how to stop anything you're kidding <laughs> a guy whose entire career is gone like that but played nine good games <laughs> suddenly played poorly at the start of the playoffs i'm floored <laughs> can't believe it still you do wonder what edmonton can do there you know because... what's really funny to me about Mike Smith's career <laughs> is that he has a 929 career save percentage in the postseason. And in Edmonton, it's 892. Jeez. Like he's been and it's a limited, like it's limited number of games. Of course. Admittedly. But a lot of it's probably carried by that Yotes run in what was that, 12 or 11? Yeah. Yeah. And even even the Calgary series that he lost to Colorado, he had a nine seventeen and was the only good Flames player that whole series. Sure. I just thought it was. I, I just think it's funny that you keep like dunking on Mike Smith, and I'm like, he's like, like he's okay. Like uh, you mean Edmonton so, gave money but to the, the Edmonton thing? Like, like he gets like he he's like been like a solid goalie in his career, and like his limited. Playoff, uh, his limited playoff career, he's been really good, and then he gets to Edmonton and he's just brutally bad. Like, just nothing works for them, they can't make a good decision. But, but I mean, like, it's just it's very funny to me. His career has been, I, 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 okay, yeah, like at best, it's been okay. Did you know he has a 912 career save percentage, and Marc Andre Fleury has a 913? Not surprised. I think that says more about Flurry than it does Mike Smith. Me too. Yeah, I 100%. Mean, <laughs> if you're opening the Flurry door, not a great look for game one for many. Well, yeah. Who is, by the way, a 9 11 goaltender in the postseason in his career? Who, Flurry? Yeah. Oh, dude. I, I think it was Ruda who said it last week. The way to have success in the playoffs with Marc Andre Flurry and their team is put him on the bench. Since 2008, every team that has had success in the playoffs with Marc-Andre Fleury, with the exception of the miracle run the first year in Vegas, has had success in the playoffs with Marc-Andre Fleury as their backup goaltender. The last the last Pittsburgh Cup year, he, he played 15 games, but yeah. But ultimately was not yeah. playing for that Cup win. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so, yeah, but, but, but back to Mike Smith. I, I agree with you. I think that says a little bit more about Fleury than it does Smith. But my yeah. whole point with the Smith stuff, because I probably do go a little bit. I mean, I just, I find it like I think it's hilarious. Like <laughs> I, it's like because we all like have those guys that, in for whatever reason, we're just yeah. like 
every time this guy gets brought up, this is like my introduction. Like my the door is open for for me to style dunk on this. He's just he's like my new, and I didn't really have a problem with this guy, but like I see him as like Cam Ward, where like every now and then Mike Smith does something entire career out of one great season. Right, right. (laughs) Like he had the year in in Arizona where he was phenomenal. I mean, phenomenal handling the puck. I mean, just standing on his head every night, making plays all over, you know, the ice to the extent that a goaltender can. Um, And he had the edge. He would get into it after whistles, uh, you know, giving guys jabs and all stuff. So he just, he has this reputation of like, Oh, a gamer. And he's just so good. And he's so big. And, you know, he, he, he's not afraid to mix it up. It's like, no, the dude's really just kind of an average goalie with an anger problem. Like, I don't know, spend more time in practice stopping pucks than shooting them at the net. Like, I, I'm not sure what to tell you at this point. <laughs> you know, it's just, and, and every year he gets into the playoffs ever since the run with the Coyotes. And AJ's right. Like he was that, he was good that year in Calgary. But also once you got past game two, three, I mean, the abs just kind of a non-factor it. for sure. Right. right. Yeah. And, and I mean, he just... was the only reason that game four went into overtime because you are, put... you're correct. I forgot game. I thought they, I was they, thinking that was game three. You're right. They put, they put like, like 50 some odd shots on him. And he was, he was the only reason the flames did not get bodied, it, but yeah, just... like, and great, but he still lost that game. Right. right. And, and he just kills me because every year people are like, ah, you know what? This is the year we, we went out and got Mike Smith. So this, you know, this is the year he gets back to 2011 Mike Smith in his age 41 season. And, and he goes on these small stretches and Edmonton media, literally, I, I laughed out loud when uh, I think it was Mark Spector uh, tweeted like Mike Smith's numbers over four games. Like he's three, one and Oh, with a nine seventy save percentage. Does this change your opinion of Mike Smith? I was like, four games. The guy's 40. He's been in the league since his mid-20s. And you're asking me if four games changed my opinion on who he is? No. He's still Mike Smith. Uh, Okay. I love that Mike Smith, the guy who... The guy whose name sounds like a placeholder of a name because you can't come up with a real one has turned in, has put in a career as a placeholder goaltender. Like, talk talk about living up to your name in every way imaginable. This is like the first version of NHL 12 where you could actually do the draft and they just made up people that you could draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Average all statistics. That's right. And you're like, yeah, Mike Smith, that's a real guy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that guy works at the post office. Stop. <laughs> uh, the other big, well, the Edmonton LA game wasn't a blowout, but there were two other big blowouts Toronto, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, St. Louis. Um, I, you guys can go to whichever one you think is more interesting. Uh, I mean, look, game, I'm really not a make too many draw too many strong conclusions of game ones because i think especially that toronto tampa bay series that is a mega fluke of a game but i i don't um and i i look i'm the one that picked the maple leafs to come out of that series for a reason i think like jack campbell is um like you're just you're you're kind of just praying that this goes well that it holds together yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) But I do, I do like again. Like I said it in our preview video. I've talked to you guys about it off air. I just don't think that the Lightning have it this year. They're they're weaker. They're so much weaker at the bottom of their forward core. They're a little bit weaker at the bottom of their defense. And Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky has to be spectacular right now because I just don't think Tampa Bay is just. Like they're they're a good team. They've got great high end talent, but I I think the depth that made them so scary the last couple of years, like you look at it, Yanni Gord is gone, Tyler Johnson is gone, um, the, the Blake Coleman is gone, Barclay Goodrow is gone, Matthew Joseph is gone, like it, that's it's just too much. It's just too much. And Braden Point has played down this year. 
And like Brandon Hagel on his own, you know, just wasn't a Nick Paul. These guys just haven't quite been enough to 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 elevate them to to previous levels. And it's I just I just don't think that uh, I f- I felt like they just didn't have it coming in, um, and that they could give they could they're gonna I think they're gonna give them a really good series. I think it's gonna be a really fun one to watch. Um, they're back to back champs for a reason. Like that's a that's a team. Like you saw Victor Hedman make multiple like major mistakes in game one where you're like, that's Victor Hedman. Like he's not just gonna he's not gonna have the entire series look like that. Yeah, like he's not gonna give the freebies away all series long. There are gonna be games where those guys are on and they're like Steven Stamkos flubs one on the back door with a completely open net, wow. and you're just yeah. like, hey, come on. Peter Kucherov passed up on like three shots from like Peter Kucherov was horrific in game one and you're like dude their best players let them down the most i don't believe in them because of their depth but they got blown out in game one because their best players just didn't show they had a five minute power play and you couldn't even tell i uh i expected game one to go not quite like that but i expected toronto to come out you know they have a narrative they're trying to overcome they know that they what an unlucky draw in the first round, regardless of how you feel about Tampa this year, like drawing the back-to-back champs in round one is like, never a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the only thing that I think, and it's not even a bad thing for the Leafs, but like if there's any one team in this playoffs who isn't going to be rattled by getting their doors blown off in a game one, it's it's a team like Tampa that, you know, been there, done that. Uh, I think tonight will be really indicative of how the rest of that series is going to go. If, if it's another kind of like convincing Toronto win where they just straight out play them, then I'm maybe with AJ where it's like Tampa just doesn't have it, but it's, it's really hard to bet against that team. If they come back out tonight, have a great bounce back performance. Vasilevsky's good. Kucherov gets a goal. Uh, You know, Victor Hedman settles back down and they steal one on the road. Then to me, it's back to a 50-50 coin flip. But yeah, either way, like AJ said, I I, I I will absolutely be dialed into that one tonight and the rest of the – I'm glad they're on Colorado's off night. Let's yeah. uh, do this series really quickly to wrap up period two here. Uh, worst series so far, Calgary-Dallas. What a horrible hockey game. I was going to say, AJ last night on Twitter was like, oh, this, this abs uh, – Nashville game is the worst game we've seen of the game one so far. I was like, yeah, I mean, it just, Dallas Calgary. Yeah. Whoa. That game wasn't, the game was a one, nothing game though. And you're, you're I, one I, bounce no, away I'm, from I'm, anything I know. versus a, just, an absolute blowout of look, the game. But dude, you a have horrible hockey game can be fun. You're, <laughs> you're down, you're down one, nothing. And you, you muster up three shots on goal with multiple third period power plays. Yikes. Jesse Jesse might be right, man. They may not even <laughs> want to be here. They they might just be like, we don't want any part of those. Get us out of here. This was not on the on the uh, itinerary. Yeah, the only one, the only ones that want to be there are Dallas or, or Dallas's goalies, where they're just like, please. Yeah. These guys are absolutely getting knives to chase these guys around after games. We're <laughs> <laughs> bare minimum like a summer of free dinners. Like, holy hell. <laughs> that dude's golfing for free okay <laughs> <laughs> okay we are brought to you by DraftKings sportsbook use code dnvr when you sign up for a new account you can bet five dollars on any nba playoff game don't even have to get the bet correct and you get 150 dollars in free bets to bring back and if you're feeling hot if you're feeling spicy you can bet on the nhl playoffs you got boston carolina you got toronto tampa bay you got st louis minnesota and you got edmonton la all today so pick your winners make some cash you can uh, always get adventurous with the prop bets if you like that's always a fun way to get into some games that i know some of you might not care that much about the other playoff series. A little bit of DraftKings in there can make it a whole lot more interesting to watch sometimes. So head on over to DraftKings. Check all of that out. They have amazing odds boosts every single day that you can use, too. 
You must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply to DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. If you don't want to gamble and you're just interested in watching a bunch of hockey and chilling on the couch, then head on over to Lightshade. Get yourself some THC products to uh, couch lock yourself to hours and hours and hours of uh, amazing hockey. Uh, You can jump over there today, one of their 11 different locations in the Denver metro area. So be sure to jump on that one. Uh, You can also get a number of amazing products, including Ripple, a fast-acting dissolvable. Hits two times faster than your leading gummy. Starts absorbing within 10 minutes, so you can depend on a consistent experience every time. They have a bunch of products. It's flavorless powders that you can pour in your drink or stick it in some brownie batter and make yourself an edible. Either way, it's super easy. It doesn't taste like anything. It's a great way to consume your THC. They also have their quick sticks if you want to just this, dump some on your tongue. Is is this the Mike Smith of products? <laughs> it's very <laughs> it's like anything. It's invisible. You never really notice it. <laughs> and afterward, how high does Mike Smith get you though? I mean, that's I feel like not that high. He brings a lot of joy every night. I mean, they're <laughs> never boring. <laughs> Say what you will about the guy, but he's never boring. The game-winning uh, goal was the most exciting part of that entire game. That whole sequence was absurd. <laughs> you can use the code DNVR online at lightshade.com to get 25% off non-sale items. So be sure to use the code. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Open up to you guys. Which series do you want to talk about that we haven't mentioned yet? We still have a couple of things that we got to get to before we want to do that. Okay. We have a couple of shout outs that we want to give to. Oh, yeah. Today's, today, I forgot. On today's podcast, uh, Lucas Wadia, 40th birthday. And Let's I probably go. butchered his last name, so I'm sorry about that. But happy 40th birthday. You can blame your wife for this happening to you. <laughs> Uh, and then a big shout out to our guy Dylan, who started some pretty intense chemo treatments on Monday this week. Uh, we just want to wish him the best of luck at all of that. And we are sending all of our good vibes that direction, uh, as is the rest of the DNVR Avalanche community, because y'all are good people. And Dylan, big fan. So we wanted to give both of them shout outs today. It is also my sister's birthday so nice happy birthday to baby rudo sis i'll say happy birthday ruda yeah there we go go. well played well played got him uh Uh, well i was just gonna say i was was gonna uh just answer there's a question in the chat about does new hook go in tomorrow if uh Cogliano can't. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. Of what got said, yeah. right? <laughs> I'm not gonna speculate on lineups anymore for the rest of this series. But going based on uh, what Jared Bednar said today, no, I don't think Alex Newhook is the replacement for Cogliano. I think that's a different pool of guys that they are pulling from. Uh, so if it's purely just Cogliano's out and they're going to plug someone into that spot and keep everything else the same, uh, I'm probably expecting LOC. I would also, I would say though, it would be really easy to put new hook on that third line and put Abe Kubel on your fourth. Sure. Like it would be really easy yeah. to, to do that. It's so, what yeah. I would do. That's for sure. It is also what I would do. <laughs> so, uh, but I also given, have, given, I also given what he said, right. You know, it, yeah, it, it, it that spot felt, screams LOC. For yeah, sure. it, it felt like the Lincoln Gun at LOC, where yeah. you're just like, okay, yeah, we got you. Um, Minnesota St. Louis, I think, is is interesting just because of like the goaltending matchup. But I talked to uh, I talked to some people at the game last night, and I thought that uh, they all felt like Colorado has to be careful if it ends up being St. Louis. And that's a round two matchup. And I just nah. like I get the firepower thing. I get that they've got a lot of scores. I just don't think that they I don't like Ville Huso. I think that that's we'll we'll see. But I'm 
I just defensively, I just don't think they're good enough, man. Like I, I don't think they're good enough. I think they're soft. They go against everything that has been St. Louis's identity for so long. And I really just don't, I, I don't so, know. I, I, and I still don't know that. I still don't know that the blues are going to get past the wild because I think yeah, the wild are going to come out and play a much better hockey game far from over for sure. And I, I don't know, man, I have the wild play a pretty punishing game and I'm, that, curious to see how that how that holds up. It, there was some goonery for sure at the end of this Nashville Colorado game, but that Minnesota game was, uh, I mean, that felt like old school hockey. Jared Spurgeon not getting suspended. Yeah, that's that, yeah, that was, was pretty wild. I didn't, that's I didn't that's like that. a pristine example of how they punished injury. Yep. So, I, I, I I'm curious on your guys's thoughts on a couple things one it sounds like they're going back with flurry tonight i don't have an issue with that you know we talked a little bit uh maybe it was on the sunday bonus pod aj i don't remember um about platoons really not working in the playoffs yeah it's hard so i want your i want your guys's thoughts on that but then i'm also curious just to hear what you guys think i feel like we saw a lot more penalties called in the first two nights of the Stanley Cup playoffs than we normally do. And and it felt like the Colorado Nashville game was the not, exception. Yeah, it was not a word that many. Yeah. And and watching that, like major cross checks right. get just just be like, well, that's that's fine. So in that Minnesota game, you know, you're right, like they play a very physical, punishing style. But if that series is going to be officiated the way it was in game one. They are in trouble. That was just a nonstop parade to the that, penalty box. The the Buchnevich penalty shot was genuinely a shocking call. Like, yeah, yeah. I could not believe that got called in the NHL playoffs. And I, maybe I don't think it was a penalty at all, if you're asking me. But especially that first day, and then maybe it's just because I could watch the games more because the Avs right. weren't playing. It was. It felt significantly up from the regular right. season like not just a little bit like it felt like they were calling everything yeah i mean Which, that's where I, I nerd out and i tell you that that's i know i know, I, I know. I there are more you. penalties but but it, it felt like a lot more than six percent it's a really small number and that was not six percent that was <laughs> all of the percents well it was it was just like you always every season now we hear people talk about like oh i just wish they'd call it the way they did in the regular season and you know wh- why does the rule book change in the playoffs? And to me, I've always kind of been on the side of, you know, the the players change the way that they play in the playoffs as well. But for a lot of those game ones, and again, I don't really feel this way about the Avs game. It felt like the players changed the way they played, and the refs called it the same way they did in the regular season. And I actually think that was one of the things that caused a lot of problems for Minnesota. So I'll be really curious to see how they yeah, come the, out tonight. The Blues are great on the power play. So yeah, they're well. And, don't do that, <laughs> man. I have so many thoughts about this because St. Louis, and I've noticed this now. I went back and looked. David Perron scores from that same spot with a really interesting play. They don't actually pass that puck through the seam. They try to get that puck kicked out to Perron after a shot on net, whether it is the puck going directly out to that side of the ice or in a scramble, they try to kick it out to him. They try to draw as much focus to the front of the net as possible and then kick the puck back outside. And it was just crazy to me that it worked almost identically three times. Uh, and, and yeah, I just, it, I thought the amount of penalties called in that game was just really interesting because Minnesota really seemed like they wanted to lean into that. We're going to play really heavy, punishing, physical, playoff hockey. And it ended up with just them in the box a bunch all night. So for last night, um, the Rangers in three overtimes got one power play. What Pittsburgh get? Four. Uh, Pittsburgh, Washington... Only had five power plays between them. Uh, the the one nothing game had ten power plays with a with an even five five split. Whoa. And then obviously last night uh, it was nine power plays. 
with a five four split, and some of those were not. I mean, the Josh Manson <laughs> getting the only roughing call at the end yeah. of the period yeah. was straight up about Nazem Kadri. It's like Luke Cunning. Luke Cunning just like goes like crash test dummy into Kadri, and it was just fine. Watching the third period, and Ryan Johansson just decides he wants to be part of the WWE with Kale McCarr. Well, on the other side of that, uh, while that while they were going up ice, Philip Forsberg cross checks Devon Taves in the back, and then Devon Taves reaches out and yanks on his foot as, as Forsberg was trying to skate away, and I was like, "What the hell is going on right now?" And then Kale McCarr reveals himself to be an absolute psycho <laughs> because you look at that, you look at his face while that's going on with Yo- with Johansson, and he looks like he's having he's more fun merging like a schoolgirl, yeah. Than any time than in any goal he's ever scored or any game they've ever won or anything he's ever done, and I'm like. It's a good thing that dude plays hockey because if he didn't, he might be murdering people. Like, <laughs> like Kale McCarr, low key, kind of scares me at this point. Does Look. anybody have a clip of that? Because I never actually saw it. Uh, I could pull one, but I don't have one at the ready. Yeah. Uh, no sweat. The baby faced, rosy cheeked serial killer. Is this the alternate timeline for Kale McCarr? Yeah, dude. He. <laughs> I don't I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden he's like, this rough stuff is the most fun I've had in years. <laughs> that uh that Pepsi commercial that dropped today was pretty good. I enjoyed that. <laughs> what? It killed me, man. When he grabs oh, okay. the glove and he just throws it across the room, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just yeah, like yeah. That's what's up. Take Can I that see your glove? Gabe. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, I thought that was good. I didn't. Why do you look like a baby? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, every time, every time Rudo shaves his face, exactly. I'm like, why do you look like a baby? <laughs> oh, oh. I think. Got? Yeah, yeah. Just switch uh. computers. That's all. <laughs> uh, okay. Which uh, which series have I forgotten? Uh, Carolina, Boston. I guess we didn't really talk about that one at all. That series exists it does um, those two teams in the playoffs la 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 edmonton i refuse to care about because neither one of those teams is going to be part of colorado's path so i don't care um washington florida i still don't care although it is funny that like there's all this talk about like the curse of the president's trophy and i think espn showed a thing last night that said five of the last uh six president's trophy winners who lost game one in the first round, lost those series. And so it's like, we're one game into the postseason. The Panthers just had the, by far the best regular season in franchise. And it's, it's already like, you guys are like, like heavy heavy is the head that wears the crown, right? And Colorado's like, we're not president's trophy winners anymore. We don't have to put up with this shit. That, Nobody's asking us about this anymore. That's a stat that, like, obviously it's one of those things that in one instant that trend changes. But that is an interesting stat. Like, that yeah, just but... anecdotal, anecdotally, 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 thank you. Just that's that's pretty nuts. And then you look back at it and five of the last six president's trophy winners to lose game one is over a span of like 20, 20 years. years and you're like oh yeah. okay yeah that that is the case yes so it was pretty, it was it was like it, it's interesting but you're also just like right right cool sure. like there's a lot of like there's a whole series to go but i will say the one thing that i regret us not talking more about in our series preview when it came to panthers caps was uh just everybody just ignoring the fact that the Panthers just don't have a ton of playoff experience. And we've had to listen to the last several years, people drag the abs and be like, no, I'm not going to pick them because they don't have the experience. Right. And then just gave. You killed your mic. Mike died. And I'll bet you this is really passionate and yeah, he's going in hard right now. And he, (laughs) <laughs> to 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 this point though, uh, 
I, I actually remember hearing, I think it was the TNT panel like a month ago talking about all of this. And they were like, yeah, you know, Colorado, but they haven't done it. I don't know. I just look at a team like Calgary, team like Florida. And I just think that those, and I, I like paused when they were saying, that. I was like, okay, not picking Colorado. Cause I don't, they don't have the play of experience. Okay. But your examples of teams you can buy into <clears throat> are Calgary and Florida. Calgary, <laughs> yeah. a team that the last time they were in the playoffs got ran out of the building by the Avs in five games. And Florida, yeah. who hasn't what, won four a in a row series <laughs> since they lost to the Avs in 1996. <laughs> okay. Okay. Whatever you say. <laughs> All that logic tracks. Abs, not enough playoff experience, so we can't pick them. Calgary, Florida, I'm all well, in. Like You have to understand, the Abs are a boring, bland team, Jesse. Right. All right. They, you just, know what, Rudo? You are they don't correct. get the people going, okay? <laughs> you can't be mad about it. I want it was, this... It, I want this conversation to go away so badly. I think I think everybody has to let the Why? bland thing go. Why? If the abs win the cup, he has to get a tattoo that says I'm the bland one. Here yeah. for it. So and, and that's why that's why I don't have a problem with people being like if you're actually if you're actually pissed about it, then like Yeah, shut up. Stop. Right. Yeah, I don't Stop know. being mad. But, it's just a fun little thing. Right, right, right. But I don't know. I, I kind of like that abs fans like took that as a slight. I hope the abs did as well. I would be so shocked if the abs noticed it all. Oh, I'm I'm positive they saw it. Would you rather be bland or the hot girl with no personality? So here's the other funny thing about both of those comments. And I, one you of know them... what? I've been the hot girl with no personality my whole life. I would like to be something different. <laughs> just for a day, just to see what it's like. <laughs> as i was saying <laughs> the two people that made those comments are a minnesota wild writer and then a guy that i didn't know this until like two weeks ago greg washinsky is a lifelong like diehard new jersey devils fan how did you not know that he's not even shy about it I don't know. I'm not like on his Tinder profile. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I didn't know that his fandom was tied to early 2000s. Is, is tied to Devils. watching Patrick Waugh take right. Marty Brodeur's lunch money when it absolutely <laughs> had to happen. Six yep. And seven. Yep. yep. And so like you sit there and it's like, okay, that makes those comments make so much more sense. I had Detroit lower in my power rankings than probably most people would have for a lot of the year. One, it's because you gave up 10 goals in a, in a game three times in one season. And like, <laughs> you're just near the bottom if you're doing that. But two, like, I just know that un, like subconsciously, I just have like a bleh, for the Red Wings. Like, it's just hard for me to give them credit. So like, I get it. Gross. Right, right. I get a... <laughs> that's how i feel about the entire state of minnesota (laughs) (laughs) they have the the herb brooks ice facility out there i don't know what it's officially called now Uh, but it's like nine sheets under one roof it's just like unbelievable facility and even that i'm like that's okay it's fine it's whatever like it's so amazing but it's in minnesota so like whatever I've, i've seen better confirmed my hatred of that state means that i'm destined to die there someday what i'm gonna be i'm word? gonna be like passing let's end through. this show jesus <laughs> i'm gonna be i'm gonna be like passing through and it's just gonna be my day and i'm gonna be i'm gonna get to whatever afterlife might exist and i'm gonna be so mad about it minnesota yeah no i demand an extra hour so that i can go die in canada or something <laughs> god damn it need to the border yeah okay sorry Uh, dino uh, yeah we love all of our minnesota peeps but we don't have to love minnesota i mean blaze is a minnesota peep yeah he is we put up uh, with him and we're okay with him yeah it's fine he's fine his minnesota roots man we live with it Uh, 
Uh, okay, we're going to wrap this show up before we piss off any el- anyone else in our fan base. Uh, thank you, everyone. <clears throat> Excuse me for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. We appreciate all of y'all a ton. Uh, back tomorrow, pregame, watch along, postgame, the whole nine for the Avs. Until then, uh, you know you can catch us watching. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to watch all four games, let's be honest. That's why I have multiple monitors. But pick one. Pick a game you want to watch tonight. Playoffs are full bore. It's it's the fun time of the year. So jump in on all that. We are going to get out of here. We will talk to you tomorrow.